Thank you for your presence today. The family, as God established it, in the beginning continues to be under attack. In fact, it is headed for self-destruction. As led by the Holy Spirit, Pastor Rander shares God-given prerequisites that strengthen and sustain the marriage relationship that set and seal the bonds of marriage in such a way that no man can put asunder. God will sustain our marriages till death do us part, if we let him. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as he ministers to us as you will want to take notes. 1 Peter 3, 3-4 also says, Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. What's precious to God is an unfading beauty of a gentle, quiet spirit from the Lord. The inward beauty, not the outward beauty. It's not the makeup and the lipstick. It's not, it's not the man's curly hair. Those curls one day are going to drop off. <laughs> Be mindful, singles. Not everything that glitters is gold. Did you get that? Uh, it's fancy jewelry and hair and stuff dangling and all on the, all on the, all on the wrist and everything, ankle bracelets and all that stuff. You got all that stuff and that girl is just as crazy as she can be. That man can have muscles that puff up as big as mine. That ain't too big. Y'all finally caught that. Oh. Big as mine. Uh-oh. I got a little something. Big as mine. I mean, biceps, tall, handsome, good looking, clean shaven, hazel looking eyes or something. Dog, good looking man, light skinned, good looking man, looking at his physique. And girl, you got somebody that'll slap your face with all that handsomeness. Are y'all listening to me? Not everything that glitters and gold. So what what should you look for? What are the character? You look for the character traits. The character traits. You look for the character traits. We said, what are the character traits I ought to be looking for in my future spouse? Uh, Integrity. You need to write these down. And y'all, if your kids are quite young, write them down for your sake. Because I'm going to tell you something, you parents, who your children marry, going to come right over into your house. That's right. Don't matter. They don't work out. Here they come with five children. Right back. Mama, can I come home? We, we, it's over. And you got to take them all in. Uh, okay. <laughs> he in jail. He on drugs at the halfway house. But he handsome. <laughs> Integrity. That's what you want. Honesty. You want humility. You want a man or woman who is unselfish. Write it down for your family's sake, for your child's sake, for your grandchildren's sake. Someone who possesses kindness, loyalty, self-control, respectfulness, truthfulness. 
The worst thing you could have is a lying spouse. Just look at you and tell a straight lie. And no lie is straight. Truthfulness and trustworthiness. If he says he's going to the store, he goes to the store. He's been gone all day. He'll say exactly where he's been and he won't leave out certain things because he don't want you to know. Trustworthy. Loyalty. That's a strange word today. The next next thing, the last thing for you singles, and then I'll go a little bit for the married couples. Do not expect God to gift you with a spouse if you are not currently enjoying your relationship with him today. Do not expect God to gift you with a spouse if you are not enjoying your relationship with God today. Psalms 37, 4 says, Psalms 37, 4 says, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. You cannot be griping. I'm talking to you singles now. Griping, whiny, mean, negative, judgmental, possessor. You're an angry woman, angry man, and expect heaven's best for you. Possess a spirit of thanksgiving. Be thankful. Bless the name of the Lord. Exalt and lift up the name of Jesus. Be excited about serving and worshiping Christ as a single. And the Lord will take delight in blessing you with a spouse from heaven just for you when you are enjoying your relationship with God. Why should God send you a spouse and you're not currently enjoying your relationship with him? Why should he send you anyone? You just as you mad as I don't know what mean as I don't know what. And say, God, man, God say you scary, man, you get away. Now, let's transition. I won't be long. Just about 10 minutes or so. Let us transition to you married couples. Marriage and family are a sacred institution created by God in the beginning of creation. It's a sacred institution created by God in the beginning of creation. Marriage has always been valuable in the sight of God, and we should value and make marriage priority as well. Now, Satan is making an all-out attack against the institution of marriage. He has been successful in America and many other nations in redefining marriage and family through government and judicial rulings, men marrying men and women marrying women and and transgenderism and folk changing their sex and all this stuff on and on. You see it all over the television everywhere. The entertainment uh, industry is embracing all of this. The music industry uh, and politics and your your political leaders are uh, uh, pushing and promoting this kind of gender. It's evil and it's wicked and it's from the pits of hell. Uh, The educational system is redefining marriage and the culture at large is redefining marriage from its original biblical design, which grieves the heart of God and should break our hearts as well. Beloved, if you proceed into a marriage not knowing the truth about it, then you will be more inclined to believe the many lies that are swirling around in the world system with the aim of devaluating and destroying marriage. The scripture says in John 8:32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Apart from one's salvation, marriage is the most important decision you will make in life. 
If we desire to see our marriage go the, the distance, it is critical that we follow God's prescription for sustaining a healthy, well-balanced marriage. For those of you who are living together and you're not married, you are sinning against Almighty God, sleeping together, having sex together, and not married. You need to make a decision to either separate or get married. I didn't get a, I didn't get an amen on that except for one little. I want you to say the biggest amen you can. This culture is loose. It's loose. And you're teaching your children to be loose. That guy come over there and, and, and your children see him for breakfast. He was there that evening. He's there for breakfast. Your children not crazy. They're not, they know what you did. They know what you're doing. And you teaching them to do, to do the same thing. Because marriage is a covenant relationship with God, every effort is to be made to preserve it for as long as we both shall live. As Pastor Rander is showing us in today's message, we must do our share to energize our marriage, think well of each other, prayerfully leave it to God to change what needs to be changed in our spouse. Be selfless, not selfish. Be humble toward each other. Forgive each other. Be determined to have a Christ-centered marriage and be filled with the Holy Spirit in all things. Now let me go on and say a few things to y'all. God's prescription for a healthy, well-balanced marriage. God's prescription for a healthy, well-balanced marriage. Number one, Christ must be the foundation of your marriage because without Christ as the foundation, it is destined for failure. Christ must be the foundation of our marriage because without Christ as the bedrock of the family, it is destined for failure. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. God must be the foundation of our marriage. If your marriage is built on anything other than Christ, it is destined to crumble and fail. When Christ is the anchor of your marriage, it will withstand the attacks and give you victory over the satanic strategies against your marriage. Okay? If your marriage is built on anything other than Christ, it is destined for failure. It will crumble and fail. When Christ is the anchor of your marriage, it will withstand the attacks from the enemy and give you victory over the satanic strategies against your marriage. Number two, crises, difficulties, and trials are inevitable in every marriage. If you've been married for any length of time, you have experienced crises, you have experienced difficulties and trials which are inevitable. Crises has a way of revealing the weaknesses in the marriage. Crises have a way of revealing the strengths in a marriage. It has a way of revealing the character in the marriage. Crises have a way of uh, displaying and bringing out the spiritual condition of the husband and wife. What's in you will come out when you're in the midst of a trial. 
What should give you comfort and hope through difficulties in marriage is the assurance of God's presence in the time of death of loved ones. We've all have had the death of loved ones in our marriage. The crisis of health and cancer and all kinds of illnesses, COVID-19 and so many things in the marriage, major decisions of financial challenges, family conflicts are inevitable and how you handle those family conflicts will make you or break you. The global pandemic that we are in will bring the best out of you or the worst out of you as well as natural disasters such as the one we are in as we were just locked in and locked down because of ice, snow, and frigid temperatures we've just experienced with power outages, roaming outages, low water uh, pressure to, to no water, and, and, and on and on it goes. Isaiah 43, 2 and 3a says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. In that trial, I'm with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Number three, this is big. I want you to listen to every word. Failure in your marriage does not have to be final. Failure in your marriage does not have to be final. Just because your spouse has failed in your relationship through betrayal, infidelity, lies, deception, stubbornness, selfishness, not being a good provider, or not assuming their God-given role in marriage, does not mean they are beyond restoration and salvation. 1 Corinthians 13, 7a and 5c says, a love bears all things. Love bears all things. And then 5c says, love thinks no evil against your spouse. This means love keeps no record of wrong. You're not bringing stuff up from 20 years ago and, and make it sound as if it just happened two days ago. And love does not hold on to evil done against you. Love does not keep count. You know, you did that five times. Love does not hold grudges or seek to get revenge. First Peter 4, 8 also says, and above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. The same God who forgave our countless sins against him requires that we forgive the sins committed against us. Be mindful. If you refuse to forgive your spouse of their sin, your heavenly father will not forgive you. Mark eleven twenty six says, but if you do not forgive, neither will your father forgive. Father in heaven, forgive your trespasses. However, listen closely now, bear in mind that even when we are forgiven, there are still consequences for divine chastening for sin. Okay, God chastens those he loves. And let me say a quick word about divorce. I wish I can develop this if I had the time. Divorce 
must be the last option. Okay? Divorce must be the last option, even if it is on biblical grounds. You say, what are the biblical grounds? I know you want to ask that. I wish I could have time. The, well, the outs in a marriage are if your spouse dies, you can't stay married to somebody that's dead, right? That's, that's a ground. Or if your spouse uh, commits uh, habitual sexual immorality, that's a ground for divorce, bringing home gonorrhea, syphilis, and AIDS, and all that stuff. That, that's, a, that, that, that's a ground. Or here's the other one. If, if you're married to an unbeliever and he can't stand the fact that you're a Christian, don't want, to be, don't, don't want you giving your money to the Lord and don't want to have nothing to do with you. He don't want you praising God. Don't want you reading your Bible in the house and don't do this. And he said, I'm out of here. You read your Bible one more time, I'm out. Then the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 7, let him go because God has called you to peace. Now, those are the three things. And that's it. Look how quiet it got. <gasps> that's it. You said, that's it. That's it. You mean that's really it? That's it. Well, I just don't like him. He can't, she can't cook. That's not a ground. <laughs> he can't cut the yard. He can't, he can't go to the store and get five things. That's not, that's not grounds. He's not living up to my expectations. Well, who can? Who can? He doesn't meet all my needs. You got to be kidding me. Who can meet all your, you can't even meet all your own needs. Wow. Those are it. Those are it. I wish I had time just to labor on that and give you scriptures and break it down some more. But I just gave you a snapshot because you some the Christian community has gone a while. The, the voice in the church is rivaling that of the world. Of the world. Divorce must be the last option, even if it's on biblical grounds, because God hates divorce. Malachi 2.16 says, for I hate divorce. That is right there in the Bible. If you haven't torn that page out. I, God, hates divorce, says the Lord God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of heaven's host. So guard your heart. Do not be unfaithful to your wife. Even though God hates divorce, he permits it because of sexual immorality by the unrepentant, rebellious spouse. Matthew 19, 8 and 9 also says, Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wife because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except, look, except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. I didn't make this up. It's right here. Be mindful, even though love covers a multitude of sins, it does not mean that you are to continue to put yourself and your children in harm's way, saying, well, love covers a multitude of sin. Love covers a multitude. He said, oh, the Bible says stay married as long as you can. And he's knocking out one tooth at a time. No. No. If he's emotionally abusing you and, I mean, wiping you out, I mean, just I can go on and on and on. That's probably indicative of his being unsaved, because if he's truly saved or she's truly saved, they wouldn't be doing it. Are y'all listening to me? Be mindful, though love covers a multitude of sins. 
It does not mean that you are to continue to put yourself and your children in harm's way because of an unrepentant, rebellious spouse who refuses at all costs, all costs to, to turn and repent. And, and, and he's killing you in the process. You're dying slowly in that house. Don't put yourself in that state as well. Let me go on. A couple more and we'll be done. Marriages and families that worship and pray together stay together. Marriages and families that worship and pray together stay together. Marriages fail because of a failure to worship the Lord together. Okay? Because of an inability to worship the Lord together. Joshua 24, 15b. Joshua 24, 15b says, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Beloved, worship is the spiritual glue that holds marriages and families together. Families must worship together in the home and in the Lord's house with his people. Be mindful that a prayerless home will have the potential for more arguments. A prayerless home will have the potential for more strife and tension. Couples who worship and pray together and attend church regularly have much lower divorce rate and more marital happiness than those who do not. A family that worship the Lord together will experience more unity. A family who worship and praise together experience more peace, love, and joy. Parents, it is spiritual negligence if you fail to build a strong spiritual foundation in your children. It is spiritual negligence if you fail to build a strong spiritual foundation in your children. With so much coming against your children, such as violent video games, degrading music filled with vulgarity, pornography, your kids are dealing with drugs in the school, anti-Christian indoctrination in the classroom, promoting evolution in the uh, classrooms, gender neutrality in the classrooms, Uh, instructors teaching that there is no God in the classroom uh, and the increase of bullies, violence, school shooting, depression and suicide. Twelve or 13 years old committing suicide. My boyfriend left me and they killed themselves. Don't even know how to read. Oh, God, help me. Parents, it is so critical that you lay hands on your children and earnestly pray for them at every given opportunity. It is also critical that you become members of a healthy, well-balanced church, a Bible-teaching church where you and your children and your grandchildren can get involved and grow in their relationship with Christ. Parents, the greatest thing you can do for your children, listen, the greatest thing you can do for your children is first and foremost to lead your children to Christ, to lead your children to Christ, then be a godly example before your children. Thirdly, bathe your children in prayer and as well as grandchildren and then bring your children to church, which means you must first have good attendance in the church as well. You can't bring them where you are not going. Number five, two more and we're done. Be mindful that you husbands and wives are not the enemy. Now, that's a big one. Be mindful that you and your husband or wife, you are not the enemy. There is a devil who's who is always lurking in the wings to use anything at his disposal to agitate you in your marriage, to nitpick at you in your marriage, to create arguments, strife, discord in your marriage. He hates your marriage. First Peter 
5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, that's your enemy. The devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil's aim is to destroy your marriage and he's doing a great job at it. And if you allow him, he will succeed. Instead of attacking one another, husbands and wives, become a united front in defeating the devil's attack against your against your husband, against your wife, against your marriage. You say it's not it's the devil that's the enemy to get you to divorce and to separate and to ruin the children and have them all emotionally disturbed. Finally, but not the least, husbands, never forget that your wife is a gift from the Lord to you. Never forget that your wife is a gift from the Lord to you. I want you to never forget that, that your wife is a gift from the Lord to you. How are you treating God's gift to you? Are you treating your, your wife with tender, loving care? Or are you mistreating her, yelling at her, cussing her, abusing her, neglecting the gift that God has given you? I believe if we keep in mind our spouse is a gift from God to us that we actually pray for, we will treasure our spouse even the more. Closing scripture is this, Genesis 2, 21 through 22. Genesis 2, 21 through 22 says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and he brought, underline this, he brought her to the man. He brought, look, he brought her, Eve, to Adam. Eve was a gift to Adam, and your wife is a gift to you. If we see as each other as a gift from God, we would treat each other as such. And all God's children said. God's design for marriage is lasting. If we take an honest look around us, we can see that marriage based on God's word are based on love and commitment and will stand no matter what. The strongest legacies are established for generations to come. Praying and trusting God to bless us with a spouse designed just for us will last a lifetime. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.